Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A twist for twist's sake is rarely something that's good for a story, and recent developments in Star Trek have caused a bit of outcry over, you know, changes in the narrative. Some of these twists have been called underwhelming, nonsensical, the burn. You know, with that in mind, I am Sean Ferrick for Trek Culture. Let's take a look at the 10 most satisfying twists in Star Trek. 10. David, I am your father. Now, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan has been rightly lauded as one of the best iterations of Star Trek to date. Directed by Nicholas Meyer, it is, of course, the one that gave us Khan back again. Bit of a bit of a sad farewell to Spock. It gave us Savick, but it also gave us two other characters, Doctors Carol and David Marcus. Now, James T. Kirk has always been known as a bit of a ladies' man, so somewhere along the way, the idea that a son was coming is, you know, to be honest, not that big of a shock. Yet the way that it's handled in Star Trek 2, in a movie that was created in a way to deal with the aging of the cast, it's actually handled really, really beautifully. You know, when Carol Marcus's name is first mentioned, everyone shares a look because McCoy certainly knows that there's something more to the story. Kirk obviously knows that David exists, but he didn't realize that when they beam down to the Genesis Cavern and he's attacked by this curly-haired menace, he didn't realize that was David. So the very first interaction he has with his son is his son trying to kill him. Hmm. Seems fitting, really, to be honest. Initially is a rejection of Kirk by David. I mean, who is Kirk to him? You know, some man his mother was with at some point. Some overgrown Boy Scout, as he calls him. David has never been interested in anything to do with Starfleet. Kirk is, in a way, the symbol of everything to do with Starfleet. They're at loggerheads until Kirk, thankfully, is able to prove to David that there's more to him than just regulations and being the captain of a starship. It's one of the most satisfying twists in the movies when they hug at the end and they accept each other as father and son. Nine, Commander Sela. Now this was a twist that I think safe to say nobody saw coming. Properly introduced in the very final moments of Redemption Part 1, which is one of the better two-parters in Star Trek, Sela steps out of the shadows and is played by Denise Crosby. In a way, Redemption at that point becomes a sequel to Yesterday's Enterprise, in which Tasha Yar from another universe traveled back on the USS Enterprise NCC-1701C to get the death that she deserves. It's a one-way mission, they know that. But also, if they were to stay in that other universe, they may potentially cease to exist. So 
What she's doing is putting a meaning on her sacrifice. Now fast forward about 40 years and then you have Sila standing there as a sort of a dark twist on Yara's legacy. She went back to stop a war between the Federation and the Klingons and ended it up being the mother to one of the most brilliant tacticians of the Romulan Empire. Sela then proceeds to be, if not the architect of the Klingon Civil War, then certainly one of its benefactors. She returns again in unification to basically screw with Spock. Her fate is as yet unknown. It's assumed that she could have been executed for her failure, although I certainly hope not. I think that if ever there was a character who could do with a return, it's Sela. Eight, shall we die together? Next Gen has some of the standout moments of the franchise, and one of them happens quite early on in season three, The Defector. Admiral Jarok is piloting a Romulan shuttle all the way through the neutral zone, which, you know, probably shouldn't do, being chased by a warbird. Now, in any real combat, that shuttle's gone like that, all right? But no, it's being chased for a very deliberate reason, as we discover at the end of the episode. Now, Jarok is the eponymous defector of the show. He is rushing to Starfleet to warn them about potential Romulan military buildups that would threaten the peace between these two great powers. He's being used this whole time. The Romulan government knew that he was sympathetic to the Federation. Now, if they knew him a little bit better, they would have known that he was sympathetic to peace. That makes him a liability. He is fed information of a military buildup. He is encouraged to go to Starfleet. And as the ruse begins to be unraveled, two Romulan warbirds decloak in front of the Enterprise. Now they're in the neutral zone. The Enterprise is in trouble here. Commander Tomalok stares down Picard. They really do have a face-off between each other. And Tomalok is in his element. He is gleeful. He is going to have the best Christmas party ever because he's bringing the broken hull of the Enterprise D back. This is the Federation's flagship. This is not, and I say this with respect, the Grissom. This is a big one. Now Picard looks him in the eye and says, are you ready to die today, Tomalok? And Tomalok laughs him off and says, you know, you don't have a chance against us. Picard quietly agrees and then nods to Worf and three Klingon birds of prey decloak around them. And it is one of the <laughs> moments of early Star Trek, the next generation. Romulans were completely outwitted by Picard. It was so cathartic. It was wonderful. Now, while the episode does end on a little bit of a sad note, that kind of makes it worth it. Seven, Mariner really does care. In the early episodes, I say early episodes of Lower Decks, there only is early episodes of Lower Decks, and I hope you're checking it out on Amazon if you're in the UK, and I hope you're just checking it out on anyway if you're anywhere else. Anyway, I digress. Mariner is the messer. She is absolutely not looking for a promotion. She would be happy to just stay at the bottom of the ship and never progress in her career. Boimler, complete opposite. All he wants to do is advance in rank, advance in rank, advance in rank, and it's got him so wound tight that he really struggles to see what's going on around him. Now, he and Mariner go down in the episode of Envoys to the planet where they are chasing the Klingon diplomat who has just gotten drunk and flipped off with their shuttle. Now, they go through different sections of the settlement and Mariner knows this and she knows that and Boimler doesn't and Boimler also almost gets eggs implanted in his throat, you know, standard Thursday. But then, right at the end, right after Boimler really feels he's low, I mean, he's really like, ugh, just get me out of here. Mariner and him walk straight into a Ferengi. Now, this is not 
Quark. This is not Rom. This is season one, Next Generation, the last outpost for Engi. This guy is as stereotypical a baddie as it's possible to get. And Mariner says, let's accept his hand of friendship. And Boimler pulls a phaser on the guy. And yet he was going to pickpocket them and potentially kidnap them. You know, like a standard Ferengi. And away he goes. And Boimler is... He gets his groove back. He's delighted. He wastes no time in making fun of Mariner in the mess hall. But she lets him have it. Because she then goes back to her quarters and chats to that Ferengi named Quimp, who's a friend of hers, who she got to make Boimler feel a little bit better about himself. It's a quiet moment, and it's a really important one in showing what her character is like and how much she cares about Boimler. Now, six, computer end program. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's estate you know, looked at elementary dear data as, you know, a bit of fun, but less of that, please. Because as it happens, Sherlock Holmes was not in the public domain. Next Generation didn't realize that when they made that first episode. So it took four years before they could make the next entry and have Daniel Day return as Professor Moriarty. Thankfully for everyone involved, they got that sorted because ship in a bottle is it's, it's, it's a box in a box in a box, quite literally, in fact. It was really confusing in the most positive way. Barclay, who has long been known to have his hollow addiction, is the one who accidentally activates Moriarty again, who had been quietly chilling out in the pattern buffer. He's actually the ideal one to have in this situation. He, Picard and Data end up getting trapped inside Moriarty's world, and Moriarty shocks them all by walking out of the holodeck. And now this is, this is big stuff. This is long before the doctor and his mobile emitter. This is, this should not be allowed to happen. Now, with the aid of pattern buffers and transport enhancers, the Federation crew manage to actually help Moriarty and his partner, the Countess Regina Bartholomew, actually leave the ship. They take a shuttle and they fly off. And at that point, Moriarty says, true to his word, I will give my lockout codes back. You may have your ship back. And it's a lovely moment. And they end the program. But the final moment of the episode where Barkley looks up and goes, computer, end program. And nothing happens. Perfect. Number five, the name's Riker. Thomas Riker. In Deep Space Nine episode Defiant, William Riker arrives on the station and straight away is really rude to O'Brien, but he's really nice to everybody else. Particularly, he's very nice to Major Kira. Now, she agrees to give him a tour of the station, concluding with a tour of the newly taken out of the wrapping USS Defiant. Now, this beautiful little warship, yep, anyone would want to have a look at that. Anyone, in fact, who was affiliated with the Maquis because as soon as Kira puts in her clearance code for, to show Riker the bridge, come on, Kira. He shoots her with a phaser, rips off his little sideburns, and it's not Will Riker at all, it's Thomas Riker, the accidental transporter-created clone. Clones and alter egos, can, they can go either way in franchises, but this one, spot on, because they actually managed to address the ongoing story of what did Thomas Riker do next. Kira manages to teach him a really important and frankly dark lesson. Is that it's one thing to be a hero. You know, you swoop in at the last minute and you save the day. It's another thing to wage a war of terrorism against another power. Because that's what Kira did. 
So this is an episode with multiple twists, one being the big twist, which is it's Thomas, it's not Will. But the other one being hero is not what a hero thinks a hero is. Number four, V'ger. Star Trek The Motion Picture is always going to be one of our favourite entries into the canon and not just because we like to jump up and down and go, no, but we're right. It's actually really, really good. You can actually check out, we made a two-part basically documentary on it with thanks to Chris and Michael Kamet for putting that together. It succeeds in many, many things, but the final twist as to what V'ger is, is actually it's a fantastic part of science fiction history, really. It's Voyager 6. It's one of the Voyager probe series that was sent out into the universe and comes back. And it has been imbued with artificial intelligence. It has become too, quite frankly, it's become too smart for its own good. And it's been given this enormous spaceship to bring it home safely. Now, the problem is that nobody on Earth at the time is able to answer V'ger's request. In a way, it's a little bit similar to the whale probe in Star Trek 4. Now, it sadly vaporizes Lieutenant Ilea, but in a way brings her back in the form of a probe. Between Ilea and Executive Officer William Decker of the Refit Enterprise, they are able to fuse into a new being, a new form of creation. Star Trek The Motion Picture is one of the most pure science fiction movies in the franchise, with the least amount of action, that is fair to say. But that twist of just looking out into the cosmos and seeing that there is more than what we can see now makes it as worthy an entry as anything else. Number three, you're a god, Ben. People sometimes are split on the revelation that Benjamin Sisko is part prophet. Now, speaking for myself here, I think that it was all, it was dropped in nicely. I, I think it pays off. Now, whether when pen to paper was put down for emissary, they knew that their captain was going to end up becoming a prophet. Okay, they probably didn't. But the way the story unfolds over the seven seasons, it, it begins to make sense. So in the revelation at the beginning of season seven, that Sarah Sisko was in fact taken, I suppose for want of a better word, taken possession of, not hostage, um, extended rental. And she managed to meet Joseph Sisko and they had Ben. That works for me because of his deep connection to Bajor and what he means to them spiritually. It is a head trippy, I won't lie. It is, it's a twist that when did the twist get made? Was it back in seasons one and two when he became the emissary? Was it much later on in What You Leave Behind, you know, when he goes to the Celestial Temple? I don't really know where the twist is, but doesn't that suit the nature of the prophets, which are non-linear and non-corporeal and okay, my head is sore. It's a twist, I like it, you're a god, Ben. Number two, the shields do work. Now, there's an episode of Star Trek called Suspicions. It comes in the sixth season. And it's it's not often in many people's top 10 lists, but it's a really important episode for Dr. Crusher particularly. And it also introduces the idea of metaphasic shielding, which allows ships to travel into the corona of a sun, which will be revisited again in Descent and much later on in the aforementioned Shadows and Symbols image in the sand. There is assembled a group of, you know, the, the best scientists in the Federation almost, but there is a Klingon there, there's a Vulcan, there's a Ferengi, there's a Dr. Crusher, there's a Dr. Rhaegar, who is the Ferengi, Joe Brill, however, is killed as the shuttle he is piloting enters the corona of a sun and the radiation kills him. It is, it's awful. It's crushing news for Dr. Rhaegar, who is a Ferengi, he's not Joe Brill, because 
This shows that no, the entire experiment was a complete failure. Added to this, the episode's framed with Crusher having resigned her commission in Starfleet. So we know, oh no, oh no, is it is the death of Joe Brill why? And it looks like, yes, the, je- the death of Joe Brill was something they pushed ahead with after Rhaegar was murdered. There is a lot riding on this experiment. However, with some good chatting with Guinan, Crusher decides that no, she can't just throw in the towel. She has to make her own check. So she hijacks the shuttle, the one that's equipped with the shields, and she flies it into the corona of the sun. And you know what? She's absolutely fine. And who nips out of a closet at the back? Well, sure, it's only Joe Brill. Sure, he's grand, the big liar. He was trying to steal the technology to claim it as his own and faked his own death. Thankfully, Crusher's having none of that and phasers the crap out of him. It's a really good moment for Crusher and it really helps develop her as a character. Now, the fact that it came toward the end of Next Generation's run may be a bit of a shame, but overall, really, really solid episode. Number one, I'm not really here. The Thaw is one of Voyager's first truly unsettling episodes. Michael McKean is incredible as the clown that keeps the people hostage in this virtual reality. Now, Harry Kim and Balana Torres, they get stuck in there and he, of course, refuses to let them go. And he proves his power by killing some of the other inhabitants that are there. I mean, he is he's a baddie. He's not a nice fella. Now, back on Voyager, they're doing their absolute best to try and get these people out of there. And they almost stumble across a way of beating him. The Doctor manages to beam into that virtual reality and he manages to convince the clown to let everyone go because Janeway's coming in. And once Janeway does arrive, the clown, true to his word, lets them all go. And she completely flips the script on him because she's a hologram too. And he is starting to fade and fade because he has nothing to eat. And he looks at her and he goes, I'm afraid. And Janeway looks at him and goes, I know. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.